Hello and welcome to Nebraska Prep Zone Report, a podcast from the Omaha World Herald. We are sponsored today by MD West One, Nebraska's most advanced sports medicine, orthopedics, neurosurgery, and spine care, covering greater Omaha for over 70 years. MDWestOne.com. I'm your host, Jake Anderson, and we have a special episode today of the podcast. I'm joined by Mike Sodder, who is powering through, try to ignore his coughing, and Stu <laughs> Pospisil. It's going to be a great show. We're going to preview state finals. Let's get right into it. I'm glad you're saying in between the two of us so I don't yeah. get his cold. It's not that. It's it's bad, but not that bad. <laughs> if you're watching the video, they're twins today, apparently. Um, <laughs> we did not uh, coordinate. No. It was just happenstance. No coordination. Let's get to Class A, Jake. Class I would, A. I would really appreciate that. Um, Bellevue West versus Omaha West Side. This is the one that it's Granddaddy Mall Class A. And it has a fantastic matchup game within the game. If Westside chooses to do it, Avante Dickerson potentially guarding Xavier Betts, the Bellevue West wide receiver, Husker commit, Avante Dickerson, the defensive back that's been offered by defensive back factories, LSU, Ohio State, Titan versus Titan. Could we have it? Um, Yeah, I think, I mean, I think at times they'll match up. I, I really think the game plan probably will be just Avante stays on his side of the field um, and then they trust the other side. I mean, there's so many other weapons for Bellevue West that Westside's going to have to deal with. So uh, traveling him around the, the field for one guy, could, you could see it. We'll see. Maybe maybe they change game plans in the middle of it. Um, maybe they they don't do that and then maybe Betts has a couple big plays and then they maybe decide to switch that up. Well, I, uh, and I think maybe they move him around to keep Nate Glantz uh, yeah. guessing right. and you know make him kind of react on the spot to right. where Dickerson is, except I think Bellevue West's passing game is so sophisticated and like you said, weapons like Keegan Johnson and the tight end mm-hmm. and, and yeah. Jay Ducker out of the backfield. Yeah. I mean, they've got so many ways to go. And but and Westside has other DBs too, right. like Colby Bretts is right. really uh, come on this season, right. and you know Westside probably has oh, close to if maybe not more D one talent than than yeah. uh, Westside in the making. Yeah, they. I mean, yeah, Bretts is a guy. I was going to bring him up. Glad you did. He's a guy that's really had a great year as a wide receiver and safety defensive back. Um, can come in the box and make plays. They made an adjustment, Westside did, uh, from the first time that they played Southeast to the second time, and even for Millard South, too. Um, they kind of just kind of, uh, I don't know what the the right term is, but they, they really use Grant Taggy in different ways. Um, he's playing outside linebacker, but they moved him kind of back to a little bit of a, a, an inside linebacker, sort of in-the-box safety. Um, they... They didn't really let him just go straight after the, the passer. They let him just kind of box him in. Uh, that's what they did against uh, Millard South that I think was effective too. Um, it, they do, you're right. I mean, yeah, Haberman's a guy that has an, an offer from South Dakota State. Uh, Up front a, in the line. Yeah, the yeah. They, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of talent on both sides. And Cole Payton is, um, we've documented numerous times that he's the, the first 2021 quarterback with a FCS at least offer mm-hmm. in South Dakota State. So, and he can hurt you with your leg, with his legs too. And that's a good transition point. Stu, last week leading into the semifinals, you previewed all ended capsules, which I thought was fantastic. Coach comments, mm-hmm. their stats, I really enjoyed that. 
another fantastic matchup, which, of course, the winners are going to be Cole Payton of Westside, Nate Glantz of Bellevue West. We could see a lot of points in this game. Oh, well, remember, the last time these two played, yeah. it was 73 to 62. <laughs> it was crazy. At Westside, it was Westside knocked off Bellevue West in week eight in 2017. Right. Yep. Um, Mike Huffman. We were tra- trading text over the weekend. He says, I don't care if it goes that high. I just want the 73 right. this time. <laughs> but, no, it's certainly – it's not going to be a dull game. No. It's going to be exciting. It, it may come down to, you know, fewest mistakes, maybe some, um, uh, you know, field position. Both teams, I think, have really good kickers. Now, we're mm-hmm. Bellevue West, honestly, and Huffman does not like to kick deep, especially into the wind. Right. He has been averse to this since he was at Fort Calhoun as head coach, and it just bugs me sometimes <laughs> that, you know, let, let your kickoff team, you know, help you instead of kicking out of bounds and even, even getting it to the 35. Mm-hmm. But Cruz Gerado for Bellevue West, not only is he a DB, yeah. but he's been their four-year kicker. For, yeah, he's, been, he's a good kicker. He's too. a very solid kicker. So field position, uh, you know, the punters, uh, Jackson for Westside and Blake uh, Lands yeah. will punt for Bellevue West. Kind of depends what night it is, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, early forecasts suggest that it could be in the 40s at kickoff and be a really nice late fall night. Mm-hmm. You know, if it changes and gets a little, you know, crummy out there, you know, it, it can change. Yeah. Because these teams, I would say, are more finesse. Mm-hmm. I also would say, looking at our next matchup in this or our next discussion, Jay Ducker. Yep. Mm-hmm. West, or Bellevue West has a clear advantage in this category. Oh, yeah, running back. Yeah, no yep. doubt. You know, Westside does its running by committee. Actually, their their best option is Cole Payton. Right. Mm-hmm. And Jay Ducker, you know, he's up to 107 touchdowns in his career. He's on the verge of taking out um, uh, John Croker from Henderson High, uh, which was C1 or C2 back in the early 80s, who had a lot of kicking points, scored 672. So that's the 11-man record. Uh, he's within about four touchdowns of and that's the pace he's been on and you know he's going to get the ball quite a bit in this game probably probably 30 40 touches i'd say at least 30 it depends on how effective um uh glance is and the receivers against west side's uh, secondary and uh peyton is their leading passer leading rusher bodie harrell's their their running back and they mix in dickerson some there too and i you're right i mean there's obviously a clear advantage I, i don't think anyone would doubt that um, unless your name's maybe Bodie Harrell. I mean, that's... that's well, I, I think it uh, it kind of comes down to what night Avante Dickerson has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because when Westside's lost, Dickerson hasn't been really evident or sharp in the mm-hmm. in the games. When he's shown up and he's made plays, they've won games. Right afternoon. He, was he had a huge, huge interception. Yeah. Interception the game. and then the touchdown reception was big. He's got to have some big plays for... Mm-hmm. for West side to win this game. I mean, I'm going to take Bellevue West. Yeah. You know, if they're number one all season, the defense is improved. We haven't talked much about yeah. the Thunderbirds we've, we've, defense. We've harped on that every week. I, I've, it's been a point of mine because, you know, they've shut down teams and every, you know, coming into it, everybody's like, oh, Bellevue West, they gave up 73 points to West side two years ago. They, oh, they have a high powered offense because they have to score. Bellevue West defense, what was the stat? They've it given was 35 points heading, heading into last, last week for the entire year. That's right. crazy. Um, now, again, you know, sorry, Mike Huffman, your schedule was soft. <laughs> it was nothing really you had to. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> it has been soft, but your playoff games have shown and, 
And Millard West is a very solid team. In fact, let's be honest. Yeah. If Westside's going to have to win the game or play very tough for to them be two, to be yeah. number two in the yeah. final rankings. One or two, yeah. yeah. It's, and that's something – I was going to talk about it, but that's something that I think no one would have a – no problem with that. and it, it, it would honestly be a high rise for Westside to get up to number two considering they're the lowest seed in every class yeah. all classes lowest seed to make the finals they were seeded number seven also ranked number seven and right. ranked number seven so that would be a big rise and but that's also why everybody expecting a blowout with Bellevue West talent I think this game is going to be a close one possession Potentially high scoring, but close one possession. Maybe whoever gets the ball. And here was another factor for Westside these past two rounds. Those were rematches. Right. Mm -hmm. They knew what they were getting. They knew what they were getting into. They could they could learn from their mistakes. Uh, Coach Brent Freund last week said the Miller South loss really showed them what they needed to work on for the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And then with Isaiah Harris of Miller South having an ankle that he clearly did not have his usual explosiveness. You know, and Andy Means was not going to use that as an excuse for why the the Patriots lost. But um, you know, Westside had all the the moxie, the mojo mm-hmm. with those rematches, and they're going to be pumped up for this one. I mean, you're in Memorial Stadium, right? You, yep. You know, I think it's going to be uh, behooven to Bellevue mm-hmm. West to try and get an early lead and you know make Westside play catch up, mm-hmm. kind of like what Millard South did uh, in the regular yep. season, week nine. Well, that's it. one quick yeah, thing too, ahead, on, that, on that on that seventy three point whatever crazy game that was. The that was setter. that was Dickerson's breakout. Like mm-hmm. that was his breakout game, and that's he returned two kickoffs in that game. Um, he was a freshman was, in that game, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And that was his like, well, I'm here. Um, so that might be something why Hoffman <laughs> isn't going to kick. Well, to him, I, but. yeah. <laughs> but you don't want to give the ball to the thirty five right. or the forty either. I mean, you, you right. And and he, he uh, Bellevue West will kick deep with the wind. Right. It's what it's going to happen if if they have to kick into the wind. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll be looking forward to your guys' fantastic coverage of that. And Sam McEwen, the Husker writer, usually writes from Class A. He's planning on being there with some reaction column, maybe focusing on that Dickerson Betts matchup if it happens. And I just want to say. I came into Class A, the preview, expecting it to be talking about all the Bellevue West playmakers, but only on this show, with both of your guys' combined knowledge, would we get a special teams breakdown <laughs> and kicker and punter matchups, which I sincerely enjoyed. It was fantastic, but I just I wanted to make note of that because I thought it was funny. On to Class B, where this is another fantastic matchup, rematch from last year. Mm-hmm. Skyhawks won 48-27. And I have a fantastic stat here, courtesy of one of our part-timers. I dug it up Friday night, Andrew Stem. It's the seventh time in A and B combined there's been a rematch. You mean Team this year in these playoffs, right? No, over overall. State finals. State oh, finals. State finals. Okay. Teams that has lost the first time, so lost the previous year. They're four and two in the rematch. Hmm. Okay. So <laughs> probably means nothing, but. It's a fun so, fact. I think fun, what what means more is if Jacob Kroll is healthy for. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think he's out. I mean, he's. You think he's, like out? he's out? Yeah, that um, that's too bad. Yeah, it is. He's Scott's most leading rusher, um, but hard the the harsh Gordon matchup is gonna be. I mean, that's kind of what well you both ways. At. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're both. gonna collide on the field right. all night long because Sebastian Harsh is 
one of Class B, if not all classes, best linebackers. Right, outside linebackers. And sure. Tyson Gordon is a top defensive back that's right. going to North Dakota State. Right. Uh, superb quarterback, uh, leader for for Scott, who last year was kind of their Swiss Army knife. Right. With Jacob Epperson. This year, he's the man. He's the do it everything. Yeah, yeah. guy. You know, he's, he's going to be passing, he's going to be yeah. running. You know, Sebastian Harsh. He's got 877 yards passing. He right. can throw the ball, too. And right. ask Roncalli last year yeah. when he threw for five touchdowns or six touchdowns out there. So, yeah, yeah Harsh Gordon is going to be a, a tremendous uh, – you know, who wins that matchup right. very well is going to lead their team to the state title. But and, Yeah, I was just going to – for Scott's play, Josiah Dale had a, a nice game running the ball. He caught a couple uh, touchdowns or, or long passes against Roncalli, too. Um, he's a guy that can make a difference. They really use the seam route well uh, on, fri on Friday night against Ron Colley from the small portion that was there. They, they hit it a couple times. and They're physical. They're very physical. Mm -hmm. And so Scud. Yeah, Scud is too. Right? It, it'll, it'll be a – I'm imagining it'll be a little bit of a – probably a grinder that will try and pop some passes and stuff in there um, and a lot of quarterback run. And maybe um, momentum too, right? Because last year, remember, Scott's Bluff took the lead, mm -hmm. and Scott Scott was kind of bumbling around. And then once they established Epperson, right, was and I didn't he have a did he have a big defensive play? Uh, Gordon had an interception, the interception that kind yeah. of got things yeah. rolling. And then Epperson yeah. ran for six touchdowns. Right, I yeah. see this game being in the thirties. Right, mm -hmm. I, I think that. Um, yeah. Again, I, I'm going to pick Scott 25 right. in a row until they lose. Yeah, and and again, if if Crawl was playing, you know Probably Scott's different. bluff would you know certainly be their equal. I mean, mm -hmm. the, uh, uh, Diallo's is going to have to be Tyson Gordon this year, right. be the Swiss Army knife for for Scott's bluff. Do right. a little bit of everything, especially on defense. And what Scott's going to have to do is hold on to the ball a little bit. Right. They've been a little sloppy in the playoffs, especially yeah. that. Um, well, I guess it was the regular season game. Excuse me with. With Waverly, Waverly where yeah. they put the ball on the ground eight times and Waverly. And a fumble last week in the third quarter or whatever. Like it was kind of. Well, key. it was ten. It was ten six Waverly at halftime. Yeah. And, and then Gordon throws three touchdown passes. Right. So, right. you know, I, again, I think we had the four best teams in the semifinals right. in, in Class yeah. B, and I would have loved to have seen the entire yeah, Scott's Bluffer and Collie game because you I was, know I love points. That was a basketball game. That was basketball and grad. There was even a couple of touchdowns. They were called back because of penalties. That didn't Why did one reader say it was a rugby game? Yeah, it felt. I mean, that's probably about. I, right. I think Mike it Patterson, a writer that was there, he was joking that he ran out of ink trying to compile the box score. <laughs> it's a lot. Harsh had eight total touchdowns in that mm. game: five rushing, three passing, nearly 600 yards. Mm. So Scott's Bluffs can score. Scott can score a game in the 30s. I mean, edge to Scott, who's won 25 straight, four straight title game. It's their seventh appearance in eight years. But you talked to Sebastian Harsh recently. Yeah. Scott's Bluff isn't looking at it as Scott is unbeatable. No, they, not they, or they know, they? They not know, at all. They not know at this all. team. Yeah, they're, they're not. And that helps that they're yeah. back in, and they've seen the experience of Memorial right. Stadium. I mean, it does – first-timers or, you know, again, teams that come in from the West that mm -hmm. have a long road trip and – you know, you're saying on the bus, I'm sure, dreaming of what the experience is going to be like. Scott's Bluff, they've already felt that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they should be settled down. And, you know, it's going to come down again to, I think, who gets a little push, a little momentum, you know, a, a turnover or a uh, 
you know, pop a play, and, and maybe you build on that. You get the three and out, and you get the next touchdown. The two linemen to watch in this game, too, are um, Sam Clarkson. He's committed to Northwest Missouri State. Where um, his brother big, is. Yes, big offensive lineman for Scott's Bluff. Really nice player. And then Blake Anderson uh, committed to Northern Iowa for Scott. Both are kind of two-way players. They mix in on the defensive lines, too. So those two probably will go at it a little bit, and it, that'll be kind of fun. Both teams are real physical. It should be another fun high scoring ish game I would say. Well and I, I two more to watch for Scott are Gunner Ott You're and right. Max Brinker. Right. Yes. Both two way players and you know again uh Deasing has been a, a good running back at times for Scott. He's mm-hmm. gonna have to have a good game against Scott's bluff or Ott is gonna have to take the advantage of his carries. Um Matt Sherman's kind of mixed and matched his running backs based on feel and and performance. Uh is it Liebentritt? Yeah, has gotten some carries too, but Scott's going to have to be able to run the ball some and let not put it all on the arm of, of Tyson Gordon or his legs. True. Before we get to our last four classes, we have a special message from our sponsor, MD West One. As the official team doctors for high school and college teams across greater Omaha, MD West One sports med doctors can get you back into the game stronger than ever. Meet the sports med team at mdwestone.com or call 402-390-4111. We're back into it, and we're going to go C1, but we're actually going to call an audible. I said four more classes. We're going to add six-man to it, preview five more classes. Um, but before we get to C1, thank you, MD West One, MD West One, or MD West One.com. Wahoo versus Pierce. Pierce shut down the high-powered Autumn Central offense. Quarterback Evan Johnson, that record setter there. How does that help him going into this one? Well, Pierce has still got a chip on his shoulder from being tripped up at Wahoo Newman right. last year. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Ostrike, you've got Tinker, and you've got Freeman, the, the right. triplets there. Uh, O-Strike's, I think, the one that's been hurt a little bit, quarterback. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to have a second straight 1,000-yard triplet season. But yeah. Pierce is good on offense. It's good on defense. It's got a, a championship-level coach. Mark Bramer's looking for another one. Mm-hmm. And kind of the, the mirror image on the other side is Wahoo with uh, Chad Fox at, uh, as coach. First time in the finals. We've thought of yep. Wahoo as a – basketball school for the past 30 years they now have a football team they can be proud of right. and a lot of those kids are, are playing either football or, right. or excuse me basketball or wrestling for them uh-huh. yeah and, and like, thomas widow their quarterback is going to be a, one of their better basketball players this right year you know trevin lubin is their main man right. for um uh, wahoo he did get dinged up last week uh, against wayne so you know he's gonna Unlike Pierce, they've got basically Trevin Lubin as their main Correct. running option, and they also have the big line to go with it. But uh, they rotate like nine guys. Nine, yeah, yeah. Their, their offensive line always stays fresh. And right. It's probably a deeper rotation as we've seen in C1 mm. in a while. And I'm going to pick Wahoo again. It's it's number one <laughs> versus number two. We got a lot of number ones ranked teams in these finals, and. Uh, I, I just I think Wahoo's enjoying a special season and and but it, this is going to be I think a touchdown game, don't you? This mind? is yeah, it'll be super close and probably low scoring. I'm guessing not a lot of passing, um, ball control. Who can run the ball better? But like you know, so like let, throw, let me throw out twenty-one seventeen or something. Let me throw out the X factor here. Could be uh, Jesus Zaragusa for Wahoo the kicker. Yeah. 
because I think he's yeah. made six or seven field goals out of nine or ten attempts this year. Uh, he's got like 70 out of 72 extra points. I'm not sure Pierce has that. And, again, he's, he's a good six, kickoff. Six man. of eight field goals and okay. 70 of 73 uh, extra points. That's I mean, that, that's a good weapon to have. Along we've, of 40. We've seen how windy it can get in Memorial Stadium in November. And if you have to go for two, those aren't givens. Yeah, no, yeah. At St. Francis, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. (laughs) Yeah. All right, C2, another fantastic matchup here. Oakland Craig, BRLD. No, 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 no. Sutton. 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 My note's wrong. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. We cannot slight the Mustangs. (laughs) Oakland Craig against Sutton. Sutton to not slight the Mustangs. Sutton and C2, Scott's Bluff and B are the only number one seeds in the 11-man brackets to make the championship game. But not the only number, number one, one ranked team. Ranked. So. Credit yeah. to <laughs> Stu's rankings. <laughs> anyway, Listen to you, Stu, not NSAA. Not you, you've got two very powerful teams against. Sutton is going to be basically a run oriented. Um, mm. and I'm, uh, Jackson Perry. Jackson, yeah. yeah. Jackson's a very good runner. He's got a couple thousand yard seasons in him. Uh, Sutton um, last week uh, looked very good in taking down, why am I drawing a blank on BRLD. It? BRLD, which had a high powered offense. Their defense was suspect oh, at yeah. times, especially against the good opponents. Oakland Craig has just been rolling except for the one game where they lost Thompson at quarterback and Hardington CC in the first round. That was a what twenty eight twenty six game. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. Uh, Thompson, I believe, got him back. back. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they've got they've got uh, the uh, Teal kid at uh, tight end. Where's yeah. he going, C- Mike? Seagren. He's going to uh, South Dakota State. Yeah, and they they've got a lot of parts. Yeah, their defense is salty, South. and he can play. Seagren plays defensive end. He's a big six seven dude trying to deflect passes. Sutton doesn't pass. I mean, at all. I'm looking at statistics here they're 30 of 50 on the year for 500 yards miller north like yeah i mean it's not you don't yeah but you still have to respect it i would think that oakland craig's gonna love the box and correct okay you're gonna have to throw deep on us once and then we'll respect it right right but uh, again i i like oakland craig in this one uh their defense has been it's been really good this is a number two versus three matchup in the ratings i had uh moved uh, Oakland Craig up and St. Paul had uh, moved up to number one when BRLD uh, had a little uh, trouble stopping people in, later in the season. And I, I think Oakland Craig is just on a roll, and it, this is one of their best teams. Yeah. But one of the really good linebackers, particularly C2 uh, linebacker, Michael Brands for them, is he's a really good linebacker, leads the team in tackles. and. Um, their de- Oakland Craig's defense. They're so they're very well coached. Their defense is great. I just don't. I'm not sure how Sutton can just run the ball and win. Right. Um, that's that, that'll be a kind of a, a question. I, I At least they complete 50 percent of their that's passes. Right. Yeah. So it's it's not like you've got a poor thrower. Right. You choose not to throw. So right. how much they mix that in the 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 game plan and and dictated by where they are in the game. Mm-hmm. It's it's not like they're incapable. They no, just choose yeah. not to. Correct. Yeah. And and we've brought it up before, um, but it's it's a fantastic storyline. I think Oakland Craig back in March, their field was under six and a half feet of water. We've right. we've all seen the photos that water. You you I mean it was up to the goalpost. Their coach said that the entire equipment shed was just flooded, and now eight months later, 
they're in the state title game, they're in Memorial Stadium, how fantastic would it be for that community? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it's one of the great sports communities of the mm-hmm. state. Uh, they've got a golf course that has seen its share of flooding in the past couple of years. Great little track to yeah. to play. What Sutton has to hope is the flood in March doesn't become a tidal wave against <laughs> Sutton in November. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I'm going to uh, have to use that in my column, one good. way or another. You should, yeah, you, you <laughs> they stem the tidal wave. You definitely like need that. to use that one, yep. for sure. I'll be looking forward to it, as well as I'm looking forward to 8-man-1, Osceola High Plains against Burwell. If you want to talk about basketball and grass, Ron Colley, Scott's Bluff, this is going. these two games, 8-man-1 and 8-man-2, basketball on grass. It, it is. I've seen... Everybody but Pleasanton in this foursome in in the playoffs. Uh, Burwell, when Jace Williams was ill mid-season, yeah, he he kept playing. He wasn't 100%. He barely got 200 yards or around 200 yards in four games. When he's healthy, Burwell rolled a really good Cambridge team in the game I saw in the quarters and then took care of business against uh, Dundee Cartney Stratton on uh, Monday night in the semifinals, 28-10. to 10, And I was able to see the second half of the Osceola High Plains game, that uh, the Clash and Clarks. That yeah. Unfortunately, Mike was unable yeah. to be because he got the croup. <laughs> <laughs> Something. But Something. Keaton Van Housen, you've talked yeah. with him. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a special kid. I mean, he's, you know, looking at trying to – I think what he's trying to do is get a walk-on offer from Nebraska. But his UNK, some morning side, some, some D2 NAI stuff, which is – And great uh, lineage. His right. dad was a 1,000-yard rusher. His uncle, Dale, was a 2,000-yard rusher. You know, this is a the, – the Van Housens are from Polk. Right. And Polk, Cordville, Osceola, and Clarks make up the communities involved in, mm. in this co-op. Which is dissolving after this year. It's been Osceola, around for two years or whatever. Yeah, they've yeah. been together for two or four years. Now they're after this game, they're back on their own playing eight man next year. But uh, it was a fun night in, in Clark's. It was standing room only. They brought in there. extra bleachers, fifteen hundred to two thousand. Mm-hmm. There and it was a great game. Thirty four thirty. Van Housen uh, scored in the final two minutes and uh, the the Storm Dogs, great nickname. Yes. Uh, yes. I'll One be more. sad to see that nickname go. <laughs> yeah is uh, they were up to the task when uh, Cross County, who had scored with five minutes left to take its only lead, uh, tried in vain to go downfield. So in um, this one, both teams unranked. They, or Osceola High Plains started one and two. Mm-hmm. We had high hopes for them. And mm-hmm. they've kind of, you know, just, you know, good competition early and trying to find their way. Uh, they haven't lost since. So they've won nine in a row. And, and Burwell, I think, is maybe on eight. Seven or eight game winning streak. I like Burwell here, uh, having seen both teams. I th- and here's the thing with Burwell too: six sophomore start. Wow. So this they've been in the finals like for the past five years. They've got a state title in there. They win this one, conceivably staying healthy. Another one or two could be in the sophomore class's future. They have the just a, looking at quick defensive stat here. They Burwell has. 11 interceptions on the year. That's pretty good for for like eight, eight man, man uh-huh. team. because a lot of teams don't, don't throw, throw the ball it. that yeah. much. They have 11 interceptions. That's that's a lot. I mean, just looking at it, and then um, uh, nine fumble recoveries. So they're very opportunistic. Yeah, very opportunistic defense. And Jace Williams is clearly clearly their leader on offense. Yeah, yeah. It'll be Williams versus Van Housen yeah. and how they. 
each attack the other's defense. Right. And, right. But they'll not leave the field. No, 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 <laughs> yeah, no. Eight-man two, Pleasanton against Humphrey St. Francis. Another matchup. I know you said you haven't seen Pleasanton. What are we expecting from this one? Well, St. Francis has a very strong line mm-hmm. with good skill people. You've got uh, Trevor Pfeiffer at quarterback, Taylor Wemhoff at running back. They played number two Sacred Heart Monday, 24-16. Sacred Heart had stayed in the game uh, by forcing a fumble. Uh, Pfeiffer was crossing the goal line, and uh, Helmet went on the ball. So what could have been an icing touchdown became a real tense game mm. in the last three minutes, and that was good for St. Francis. Another close game on the other side out west at uh, Pleasanton uh, where Overton helped Pleasanton out six Fumbles yeah. lost That's in that game. Uh, and Jason, Jackson Keyshaw, Pleasanton's quarterback, returned, won a scoop and score for like a 20-yard score, and then they got a score late after a, a turnover. So Pleasanton is going to ball hunt on defense. St. Francis is going to have to make sure not to, to be fumble-prone. Mm-hmm. And they they traditionally are not. I mean, uh, Eric right. Kessler's teams are very, very schooled. Um, Keyshaw and at quarterback is thrown for about 2,600 yards. Actually, Pleasanton won that game, had only 64 yards of offense. That's crazy. Which is, re- for eight man, is really astonishing. Almost unheard of. Almost unheard of. Keyshaw's top receivers include Ricky Westland, the coach's son, uh, Tice. Is it Tice? Yeah. And then a couple others also have over 500 yards. So he's got a lot of options. Um, you know, Pleasanton in the past had been kind of a primary running team with, with Keyshaw. They've certainly uh, put the ball in the air and uh, believe it's the first time in the finals for the Bulldogs. Yeah, and right. again, the only ranked team out of these four and eight men is, is Humphrey St. Francis. And they've been, yeah. th- th- there's no reason to go against them. And it, something on Pfeiffer, you said Pleasanton throws it. That he's, he has Trevor Pfeiffer. There's, like there's also Tanner. Yeah, there's, yeah. Um, he has six interceptions. On the year, so not as their quarterback, he does kind of a little bit of everything, and he's um, got an arm. He he yeah. threw one to Tanner that was probably now downwind, yeah, probably fifty in the air, and he wow. he caught it in stride. And, and he's one he's one of the better all round athletes in, in D two. D two, no no doubt. Um, it, Trevor Pfeiffer is he's uh-huh. a really good basketball player too. So um, I'm excited to see him actually play. You know, here's the thing: there they're still discussing. They're going to discuss after the season whether they. Uh, stay in eight or go to six. Oh wow! Because they've got small numbers coming up, and uh, Eric Kessler just told me today that he wanted to hold off on the discussion until so after, after the, yeah, the playoffs, so you don't get that in mm-hmm. in the kids' minds. But right. they're, they've been playing JV or excuse me, in junior high six man. Wow! So they've got very small numbers of kids interested mm-hmm. in the grades coming up, and that'd be, I mean that yeah, you you, you just hate to see yeah. Uh, th- this continued decline right. in both enrollment and interest. Yeah. And, I mean, they have one of the great eight-man stadiums. I mean, fields oh. and stadiums. is beautiful up there. Yeah. No, and it was actually was semi-warm up there. Even with a 30-mile-per-hour <laughs> yeah. wind, yeah. normally it would be about two parkas. And, <laughs> and it was it was a nice day. But how about – let's talk some six-man, yeah. too. Speaking of six-man, um, I, I know that you really want to, and I really want to, one of my life goals – be a six-man coach that's so much fun everybody touches the ball just line up the quarterback three get a good 300 pound guy and just 
So what can we expect from the six-man state well, final? Well, we can't run it without a second handoff. Yeah, you have to have a <laughs> you can't, you, can't, yeah. you can't just take off. Yeah. you got to have a, a center, a quarterback, to somebody. Yeah. And yeah. then it can go to anybody else. Right. Well, now, now, we're getting in, now we're getting yeah. into a six-man strategy. <laughs> what, Watch it on News Channel Nebraska. Friday night. Friday night, night 7 o'clock out of Kearney. Yeah. And you're going to see number one, Harvard, and number two, McCool Junction. Right. And these teams aren't that far apart. They're in, in – uh, kind of east-south-central Nebraska. Uh, Harvard's been the season-long number one, and I think I might have even had McCool Junction number two from the start. So these are kind of the teams tapped to all season to collide. And with uh, David Riola and uh, Noah Okraska? Well, I'm sorry if I didn't say your name right, Noah. (laughs) But uh, that's Harvard's big two. Okraska. Okraska, kind of like rhymes with Nebraska. Yeah. And then how about on the uh, McCool Junction side? Uh, McCool, let me pull it up here. Uh, leading rusher for McCool Junction is, oh, man, uh, Matthew, uh, not going to be able to pronounce this correctly, so I totally Chan? I'm sorry, folks, this is great radio. Matthew Chan. No, no, not, not. No, I'm sorry, Dana Hobbs. He's their leading rusher for McCool Junction with 1,259 yards rushing. Okay, how about yeah. passing? Uh, passing is uh, Dana Hobbs again. Okay, I thought 300, three. So they're going to be primarily running too. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a great venue, UNK, for it this. Is. I went last year to the six men. I liked it. It was fun. It was cold, but it and was fun. I'll, I'll take um, uh, Harvard. I've got six number ones, and I just need to get two picks to beat <laughs> Mr. Patterson, our <laughs> volleyball writer, who had a. Well, let's put it this way. There were a lot of surprise results in in volleyball this year, and that's the way it is. I mean, we do this for fun, and and you you, you think you know what you're doing, but <laughs> you know what? It's the kids that make the plays. Right. Definitely. Well, we went a little bit long this week, so I want to thank you for sticking with us, um, and I want to thank Stu for joining us. We'll have to have you back to talk all Nebraska football, boys basketball. We have basketball ahead. Ba- hey, basketball I believe so. Practice started this week. I know. I, I it must have killed you to miss two days of practice. I, I did. I will be at plenty in the next. I, few I, days. I, th- I thought you were going to be with our boss holding hands out no, of no, Miller no, North be, on I'll Monday. A, I'll, be, uh, I'll be at Miller North later today. <laughs> well, we'll save the hoop stock for a future podcast. Thanks for joining us, guys. Enjoy the state finals Monday and Tuesday at Memorial Stadium. Until next time, thanks for listening. Hit it, hit it, hit it.